And then, and then, what was it? The whole thing too. It's like I can't believe that Shad Khan, as a as a minority owner, would even allow this stuff to crumble. And how could he not? I'm like, bro, Shad Khan is the whitest person on the Jaguars. A hundred percent is, man. Hello, and welcome to the Drunken Jaguar. This is an SB Nation and Big Cat Country podcast. This is our first episode after the Jaguars' hiring of new head coach Doug Peterson. This Sunday and the big game between the Bengals and the Rams marks the end of football this season as we look towards the offseason, free agency, and the draft. But first, Ased is joining me via Zoom call. Ased. How are you, and how is life at the radio station? Station's good, man. Everything's going well. We got some great stuff in the works. Really excited for the Super Bowl coming up this Sunday. You know, we got our old friend Jalen Ramsey playing in his first Super Bowl, even though he said he was going to, you know, take the Jaguars to the Super Bowl. But yeah, man, everything's good. How, how are things over there in Boulder? Uh, it's good. It's good. We had our week of, <laughs> we're reaching like, what, sub-zero temperatures over here but we're we're staying alive staying afloat fortunately we have a giant uh, indoor rec center to stay active uh, i ran out of coffee beans i don't know why i let myself do this i have my reserve stash and then they're like six months old so i'm drinking really uh, trash coffee at the moment so uh, that's i i can complain as i can i can complain as they say i can't imagine you or seeing you or talking to you without you having like a coffee right next to you I, I can't imagine neither. I, I don't want to imagine. <laughs> Speaking of imagining, the Jaguars fan base had quite the roller coaster ride in the coaching carousel 40 days and 40 nights in the coaching desert, in which we interviewed Doug Peterson first, I believe, early on after Urban Meyer was let go, and didn't wind up hiring him until going through a number of other candidates. Most notably, former Jaguars first-round pick quarterback Byron Leftwich, who's currently the offensive coordinator at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and appears to be staying there for the moment. Man, uh, <laughs> did you follow the the coaching stuff day to day, or did you kind of were you able to block it out until the Jaguars reached a final decision? Well, as much as I tried to block it out, I don't think I really could, you know, with the social media and people sending me all kinds of crap. But, yep, I was really hoping for Byron Leftwich, and I think the rest of the Jaguars fans were as well. You know, but we don't get what we want always. I know Byron Leftwich wanted what the Jaguars fans wanted, and that was bulky out, and he wanted to bring in Adrian Wilson, who's a former Arizona safety, and they were going to start something new. And I don't think the Jaguars wanted to pay Byron Leftwich as much as Byron wanted to be paid. I just blame it on Shad Khan, but we have our coach in Doug Peterson, and we're going to roll with that. I wasn't feeling so good about Doug Peterson just because of his comments about the Jaguars you know, a few years ago, but you know, all that's blown over. I like the hire. Everything I've heard from him is great, but I will not judge him until I see this team win football games. Okay, and what about uh, the, the way that the other coaches sort of fell into place around the league, including, you know, who who also was, was let go. We had Brian Flores fired from the Miami Dolphins, and he went on to uh, file a lawsuit against, was it against the NFL and several teams? 
claiming uh, racial discrimination uh, in his position at coach. One thing I find very interesting with this is, is that I don't even know to what extent this would be uh, like a, a racial instance, but he, he claims he was incentivized to lose. And I think some other people have come forward as well, uh, talking about owners uh, having these little contract incentives of if you if you can get if you can muster up better draft picks, you'll receive a bonus. And apparently, if you can straight up lose, I don't know. I don't know what that language looks like in a contract. But uh, now, to get better draft picks, <laughs> what are you doing? Right, you're either losing or trading away a lot of your team's talent to accumulate those. And I, I thought that was very fascinating. I'm wondering if that happened with the Jaguars a couple of years ago. Yeah, I don't think that actually happened with the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars were just a really bad team. But yeah, it, it's crazy. And it's been a huge story here in Denver, of course, because John Elway was one of the guys kind of called out. John Elway responded uh, to the Brian Flores stuff. And then Hugh Jackson, uh, I believe he was a Browns coach before. I don't know where he's at now. But he kind of agreed with Flores. Yeah, it's just crazy stuff going on around the league. But I'm sure this happens a lot more than we think on, under the table. Yeah, right. And and probably in, in ways that aren't as tangible as an actual contract language or, you know, something you can really put your finger on. The it was it was I mean, I can I can just tell you as a Jaguars fan, just watching how it felt to to see the the rumors of Leftwich and Adrian Wilson already confirmed as coach and GM respectively, I, I got excited, you know, and I, I have this feeling that like, wow, we're finally breaking from the at least the like conventional stereotypical good old boy <laughs> NFL coaching archetype to bring in someone who was recently a player, who's a younger coach. I thought, wow, this this would actually really change the course of the franchise and give us a new identity moving forward, hopefully for a number of years, not just uh, two-thirds of a season, you know. You and all of Jacksonville, the city of Jacksonville, wanted Byron Leftwich, and we just felt some kind of emotional connection to him because he played for the Jaguars. I mean, I did too. I fell for it. I wanted Byron Leftwich really bad. You know, we talk about wanting a, an offensive guy, and we would have got that. But, I mean, Doug Peterson is too. And Doug Peterson's, I mean, this guy helped develop Carson Wentz, who was a young quarterback, and then, you know, took Nick Foles to the Super Bowl, won it. I, I don't think we could be too disappointed. And what's done is done. We have to just stick, stick it out with our new coach. Doug Peterson gets off the plane, and already you have good vibes. Yes. The, the ice cream video collage, which I guess we saw – a couple years ago for the first time. It, it's so disarming <laughs> that you you like you love the guy on the spot. So I'm very happy for that. And and I do feel bad for Doug Peterson too at the same time because I, I don't know how to what extent he was toyed around with with the Jaguars, right? They went off and interviewed a bucket load of people after first talking to him and then, then come back with their offer later on. Uh, also, he is caught in this sort of post-Byron Leftwich uh, malaise or, or I don't know how to describe the, the feeling, but everybody, everybody's responding to Doug Peterson after after having their had their hopes up for, for someone else, which is not his fault, right? That's an important thing here as well. Like no matter what we, what a, we attach to Byron Leftwich and whatever our, our hopes were and 
the potential for sort of a more seismic change in direction and stuff. It's not Doug Peterson's fault. And if anything, I'm already worried for him coming in and having to deal with this, whatever this new front office structure that Shad Khan is talking about to essentially bolster Trent Baalke, who if, if you if you only knew things about Trent Baalke from Jaguars Twitter, you would deduce, you'd assume that he was like a six-year-old kid on a playground just dicking around with people. <laughs> Am I right? Yep, that's correct. And yeah, you're hearing some great things about Doug Peterson. It's, it is all good vibes. and The media members are really embracing him, but it's bringing me back to last week or a couple of weeks ago when, you know, I saw firsthand here in Denver in, in our studio over here that Nathaniel Hackett, all these amazing stories came, came up about him and how they were so excited to have Nate Hackett, you know, coming from the Packers. But in my mind, I just flash back to, the Nate Hackett we know and how we kind of ran him out of town because we weren't happy with what he was doing. But here, you know, what I'm trying to say is like in the beginning, it's all sunshines and rainbows, right? We're all going to embrace the new coach and have some optimism of the change that that could be coming. But we'll see when the season actually starts what's going to happen. Yeah, I don't know. It's just new. It's new territory for us right now. Winning cures all. I think another season of what these like five, six game Losing streaks uh, isn't going to cut it, period. Nope. And um, I will be curious to see how many of the Jaguars fan base who promised to cut their season tickets and to stop watching the team and to uh, enter enter the, what was it, the uh, fan uh, free agency portal, <laughs> trade portal, um, will, will actually do so and, and follow through with that. Because I know, man, addicts like you and, and myself, no matter how bad it gets, we're still there for every moment. So for better or worse. Absolutely. I got one last note. You know, I saw Ian Rappaport tweet this. I think it was a couple of days ago. He said the Jaguars are expected to hire former Lions OC Jim Bob Cooter as their new passing game coordinator under Doug Peterson. And he has worked with Peyton Manning and Matthew Stafford and now Trevor Lawrence. So I think that's a... That's some good news. Good shit, man. Good shit. Did you see uh, we had someone at the Pro Bowl? Did we? I was not yeah. aware. I didn't even watch the yeah. Pro Bowl. I forgot that it was on. Oh, we had oh we had a, a Jaguar uh, floating around the skills challenge, you know, out there while, while people were tossing their their fancy fancy passes. The what is that? The like the freestyle catching competition and dodgeball and and you know, and then eventually the the big game itself. We had a, a Jacksonville Jaguar was was on the field. Are you talking about the mascot? I'm talking about Jackson Deville, baby, number zero zero out there <laughs> representing. <laughs> Who from the Jaguars this year should have gone to the Pro Bowl, though? By the way, if we were to send someone, Logan Cook, I think is the only right answer. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a punter, but hey, man, you got to let someone in. I think that's it, though. Nice, nice. Ag- I think Agnew oh. as a return specialist, if he was healthy as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Agnew. Yeah, Agnew. If he had played the full season, I mean, return specialist and and receiving kind of together in one package was phenomenal. Yeah, I think he would have gotten on special teams. Looking forward a bit here at the free agency starting, and what is it like about a month from now? Are there any free agents that you think the Jaguars already have their eyes set on? I have to look through 
to free agents again. I mean, maybe like a Chris Godwin, but we need definitely a receiver with some speed. I don't know if DJ Chark is coming back from rumors I'm hearing. So we'll see right. at the receiver position. And then at the in the draft, the first pick, are you still on the edge rusher side? Are you leaning towards offensive line? Yeah, I mean, I've seen some, let's say, less than conventional draft predictions uh, pitting cornerback Derek Stingley from LSU to the Jaguars. Um, Stingley, by the way, uh, that would be a fantastic retro bowl player name. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah, I don't know. I, I could see the Jaguars trading down because if you don't take Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon, then you might as well trade down and just a couple picks and try to get Evan Neal, the lineman from Alabama. And I think maybe that's the direction the Jags are headed in. Yeah, if if someone's willing to to trade up, I mean, we, we're not projecting a quarterback going in the at the first pick, maybe even the first several picks. So it'll be interesting to see if someone bites on that and, and you know, and the reason for them biting on it. Yep. I just read a report last night that I, I believe the Panthers pick sixth. I may be wrong, but whenever they pick, apparently they are leaning towards Kenny Pickett, the quarterback who had an outstanding senior bowl out of Pittsburgh. And he's a really cool. fun watch. Dude. Really fun watch. NFL-wise, do you think that the NFL is going to stay with the same overtime rules? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that Chiefs-Bills game was just phenomenal. Yes, I think they will. They already changed it once. And I think they got the change right. I mean, we saw what happened in the Chiefs-Bills game, correct? You know, the Bills didn't get the ball back. But then the following week, the Chiefs got the ball, the Bengals stopped them, and the Bengals won the football game. So, I mean, it worked itself out, I think. And then uh, what about uh, in terms of NFL coaching hires and everything? Does the Brian Flores lawsuit stir up any kind of change before next season? I'm not sure. I don't think so. I think. That's a whole nother world, and I I don't even know what's going to happen with it, but I don't think so. Sounds good. Yeah, it's it really funny to see. I mean, even when we had Leftwich waiting, what was it? We 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 by Rooney rule would need to have interviewed. Uh, I think we'd already interviewed another minority or or non-white essentially coach coaching candidate, and then we had GM. We're gonna have to interview another minority GM according to the Rooney rule. So various people on Twitter were presenting their candidacy. Just interview me and get this thing over with, you know. And then, and then, what was it? The whole thing too. It's like I can't believe that Shad Khan, as a as a minority owner, would even allow this stuff to crumble. And how could he not? I'm like, bro, Shad Khan is the whitest person on the Jaguars. A hundred percent is, man. I for one, I'm excited to see things develop this off season. I will be following the ESPN Jaguars page, uh, Jaguars Twitter. Big Cat Country, like an addict. Refreshing, 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 refreshing. Just to see what's going on here. I don't know who to trust in terms of people breaking news, right? We had our whole traditional journalists versus up-and-coming Twitter stars, which essentially was a debacle in recent weeks. So, no, definitely, definitely pumped to see see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a, a fun couple months for sure. It's actually the most exciting time for Jaguars fans usually because there's some hope. There is hope. That's that's what we have yet again. Yeah, that's all we have. So, yes, thank you for joining us for this episode of The Drunken Jaguar. This is an SB Nation and Big Cat Country podcast. As always, feel free to follow us on Twitter at Junkin Jaguar. On behalf of Asad and myself, it's been a fun episode, and we're looking forward to a bunch of off-season 
fun as well, which the Jaguars are usually good for. And until next time, go Jags. Go Jags. Go Jags.